Merry Christmas. Welcome to uh, North Point Plus, the podcast that happens after the message, except it's before Christmas, and so we're filming in advance, so we're all confused. <laughs> However, we are ready for Christmas. We uh, look yes! ready for Christmas. We're ready for Christmas. Besides yeah. okay. me, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> Jenna is hatless. She missed the Santa hat message. So and the Ohio State gear. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. I don't know if I could rep Ohio State as well best as you guys. Nobody cares about this. What we're like talking Ohio State at this moment now, but Ohio State is playing Missouri in the bowl game. Yes. Why Ohio State's playing Missouri? Because there's some, you know, there are fans of other sports teams in the state who That's are screaming true. at the, their monitor or wherever they're listening to this right now, and we don't care. Okay, I'm just gonna tell you, <laughs> I'm bitter and I don't care, and I know what you're thinking as you're that other school's fan, and I just don't hear you. I'm ignoring you. Right However, now. this works since Jenna is from Missouri. Yeah, exactly. So, no, pick on Jenna. That's right. Make me feel better. Caught about in my between family. us. Well, what's oh. funny is I actually don't like the Mizzou, like Mizzou. Oh really? Not a fa- I've never been as a kid. Oh, I, hated I was like, that's because Mizzou is in Columbia, yeah. on the opposite side of the state as Kansas City, where you're <laughs> from. No, it's in the Northeast. Not oh not uh, wait. Where is Mizzou? Hey, welcome to <laughs> geography <laughs> on North Point Plus. Missouri geography <laughs> okay. at that. Our our degree is not in geography, so I think we're doing pretty good. Right? Huh? Yeah. I'm trying to think through. Because I've been on campus before. Yeah, it's about two hours drive from Kansas City. Uh, but it's, it's to the east. It's in the. It's close to the middle. Oh yeah, I guess it's so. It's a four-hour drive. To <laughs> this is <laughs> fantastic I, podcasting I mean, right now. This I'm is so good. To Compelling City for stuff. Christmas Merry now. Christmas. Like, thinking all that. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> so Jake, hey, you preached on Sunday <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. How'd it go? Uh, you know, uh, it went really well, <laughs> considering it's. Uh, the Tuesday before Christmas Eve, it went fantastic. I can say that in there. The funny part would be if like something goes really bad, and then watch this podcast. Like that would be funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited though. I am excited. I think uh, uh, Christmas Eve is a fun thing. It's one of those things like Christmas and Easter. Uh, there's not a lot of surprises. Yeah, you know what I mean. You the know, the story never changes. About. It never changes, and we talk about it every year. Uh, but that's because the story is so amazing. Uh, there's something so uh, special and, and obviously unique about it. And so being able to talk about the birth of Jesus, um, which is a, a, a unique birth story yeah, with a unique child on top right. of it, because we all have uh, a birth story, right? Even our own birth story, or if you have kids, a birth story, or maybe a niece or nephew. Uh, and when kids are born, like that's a part of it. You tell the story of how they were born. And Jesus has a wild one yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then to go through that, but then to recognize... It's not just a cool story. It's this amazing thing about Emmanuel, God coming with us, that really is what takes that birth story and, and the birth of Jesus to a whole nother level. Yeah, for me, you know, every year, every year, just talking back through Christmas, the whole concept of Christmas and making it fresh is is interesting because I always come back personally to the whole Emmanuel thing. Yeah. The the concept of God with us, which is what Emmanuel means, that um, that's the thing that's the hardest to wrap our brains around is to think about the magnitude that God would leave heaven and earth and come to earth in the form of a dependent baby, completely yeah. dependent on Mary yeah. and Joseph. And um, so I, what I wanted to do, uh, again... Uh, we're filming this ahead of time, but I thought it'd be a good thing uh, to talk about 
to just talk about the series as a whole. Um, so the, the, this whole concept of a vintage Christmas, experiencing Christmas like the first time, as if it's the first time for many of us, um, we've, we've known the Christmas story since we were young. Um, hear it every year. It, you know, when, when you talk about speaking, it's like, okay, how do I, how do I talk about this in a way that's fresh? Um, but for some, there, it really is being heard for the first time. So, Miss Jenna, um, <laughs> tell, just talk a little bit about your story growing up, not necessarily knowing Jesus, and then how Christmas kind of came into that. Yeah, so I was not raised going to church. I kind of joke uh, that I was a VBS only kid. Uh, that was the only time I went, and that was mainly because uh, my aunt, my aunt Jody, uh, worked. That's what she did for a living. Was she literally put on these huge VBSs, and that's what she did. So I've learned a lot. So that was basically my only church experience. And so, but my aunt Jody eventually left that job, and after that, it was just Jesus wasn't talked about ever. Um, and I think that ended when I was five years old. And let's be real, I don't remember anything past fifth grade. So of like those memories, because yeah. you're a kid, you don't, you know, remember those things. But growing up, I was very, very big into Santa. And if you have kids around, I'm going to talk a little bit about Santa. And so just forewarning. Um, and that was my Christmas, was making cookies on Christmas Eve, going to my grandparents' house, Every single Christmas night, spending the night making cookies. And one year we made cherry donuts. And For Santa? For Santa. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it had to be the right amount of milk, the right amount of cookies. We had to make sure he was fed. We always made sure there was carrots for the reindeers and everything. I love Santa still to this day. One of my favorite things. And I think that's just because that's how I was raised. And it wasn't until I was in fifth grade I found out Santa wasn't real. And I was devastated, slammed my door shut, and I just broke. I was like, I'm never talking to you ever again, Mom. You- wow. Yeah. Oh, I was so mad. Um, and the, people might find this funny. The main reason why my mother told me was because I was fighting kids at school. Because they were like, Santa's not real. Santa's <laughs> not real. And I go, Santa's pummeling people. And I'm like, Santa's <laughs> real. <laughs> and I was so passionate. And I'm the youngest kid, grandkid. And so keeping that magic alive for our family was so important. And um, it came to an end. But after we found out Santa wasn't real, um, Christmas just went downhill from there. There was zero point for Christmas after Santa. Huh. There was no, wow. there's no point. But so we still did Christmas, um, you know, we still did stockings and it was kind of the joke with my mom because my two other cousins, Kobe and Kelsey, I don't think they did stockings after they, after I found out just because the magic's dead. Um, my mom still did it. She said, you get it till you're 18. So the joke was, thank you, Santa, as I would open up uh. and that was just kind of our joke. But yeah, Christmas had zero point after hmm. Santa was mm, the truth was found out that Santa is your parents. So, so when did you hear the Christmas story, yeah. uh, the the Christmas, the real Christmas story, uh, like hint of it for the first time? I think a hint of it. I think we always knew. I can't even remember truly remembering there was something as a about kid. Jesus. Yeah, it was the uh, prayer before you eat type of thing, and that mm. was it. And that's mainly because of my grandfather um, is Mormon, and but in our family faith is very much it's your choice, um, 
we're not going to push it on you. So I'm the only grandkid of mine that I know is a Christian. Uh-huh. And just because that's just how we were raised, you, you, your choice is your choice of what you would like to do for your life and what you'd like to believe in. So I think hearing the Christmas story for the first time, I truly, you hear it, but did I understand it? Mm-hmm. No, I probably thought it was the same thing as Santa, um, honestly. Uh, it's just the story, same thing that you read on Christmas, if anything. But I truly don't remember the first time as a kid hearing it. The first time as a Chris, as a Christian hearing it, Yeah, that changed my life. What was, it, what was that like after you'd become follower of Jesus? Yeah. And then you come into the Christmas season and hear for the first time yeah, so, with fresh eyes. Yeah, yeah. So with when we were talking about me talking about what that was like for me, I actually I kept journals of my faith and I still do it of writing just memories and things that and learning and struggles and all these things. And I flipped because to this day, I still remember that Christmas Eve of mm. sitting in my grandma's upstairs in my room. Um, and journaling and reading and watching sermons. And I remember I went back and I looked at it and it said, this will be the first Christmas um, I get to experience as a Christian. Uh-huh. And it was, in um, it there, and I put, there's so much joy and peace. And the reason is because it's Jesus is around. And, um, and I just don't think people to this day realize what it's like to truly hear and know the Christmas story for the first time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I, not going to I, I, I'll, I'll give you a chance to gather yourself because I had a conversation after, um, after the message on the 17th um, with, with someone who said um, that they, they can remember in high school hearing the story about Jesus for the very first time and just thinking, wait, that's incredible. And that's, that changes everything. Yeah. And, um, and how significant it was to hear about that for the very first time. So, um, so how was that Christmas different? I think it was mainly different was because for the first time I had zero desire for gifts. Um, and if you ever see my home videos as a kid, my mom recorded every, every little moment. So every single Christmas is recorded. And so you see lines and piles and piles of gifts. I mean, my grandmother has a big uh, downstairs living room. It is from the TV all the way to basically the middle of the living room. It's just presents. And it's for, like, maybe eight people. But that's just my family. We love Christmas. And so I'm opening all these gifts, and I always have all these gifts. I'm just like, man, like, none of this matters. None of it. None of the gifts. What matters is being around family and knowing why we do this. Um, and it's because of the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross and what God is doing in saving us. And it was hard because my family didn't have that realization yet. Yeah. And so it's that, and it's still to this day, Christmas is never the same. Um, yeah. Just because um, my family is so mixed in cultures and beliefs. And so, yeah. So, it, it, I mean, it's a really cool thing, and just as, as you were talking there, to recognize that Christmas is not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's, and it's not fully the beginning of the story, because mm-hmm. you have to go all the way back to Genesis, Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the beginning of the story. But it really is, uh, it's like that m- moment in time where, like, oh, wow, Everything is going to be different from this point forward yeah. in preparation for the conclusion. So, yeah. So, uh, Jake, you've got three little girls at home. Yeah. Um, 
And the coffee that gave it away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's what's it like for you in trying to communicate the story of the birth of Jesus to little girls that are under the age of five? Yeah, it's so funny. We were talking about this earlier today about Christmas stories because we don't live in that culture that the true Christmas story is in media as much as it was right. years ago. You know, uh, the classic Charlie Brown, Lights Please, reading scripture. Like, you don't have that on TV with all the streaming services and stuff like that. But there's a Christmas episode for every kid's show. You know, yeah. so there's the Gabby's Dollhouse. There's the Peppa Pig. There's the... Uh, Gabby's Dollhouse? Tiger. I don't know Gabby's Dollhouse. You don't want to know Gabby's <laughs> Dollhouse. I do know Peppa Pig. Yeah. Oh, I wish I didn't. Is there a Christmas... Pig. Is there a Bluey Christmas episode? Uh, there's two. Oh, wow. Veranda yeah, Santa and Christmas Swim. It's so hurts me that I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. Um, and we, we play Veranda Santa. We reenact that episode of Bluey in our home. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. there are a lot of competing things for what yeah. Christmas is supposed to be like in this mixed messaging uh, for our kids all of the time. And, and I'm not here to say, like, oh, that's terrible. Don't ever, like, let them do those things, da 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 not, not, not at all. Um, you know, I love watching Christmas movies that don't have anything to do with Jesus necessarily right. because Christmas vacation is funny to me. You know, like, all of those kinds of things, right? But there has to be uh, some intentionality on our point uh, of being able to talk through these things. So when we talk about with Santa, uh, you know, with Addie especially, she's, uh, by the time this podcast comes out, five years old now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's getting to that age where she's trying to grasp some of these different concepts a little bit more and find yeah. out what's true, what's not, and how much I can trust mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so we talk to her about Santa, and we tell her, hey, it's a fun character, just like Elsa is, and just like Mickey is, or just like Bluey is, and like all of those kinds of things. And it's great to pro- play pretend with these kinds of things. It's fun mm-hmm. to be able to do. But we're very intentional about bringing her back and, and really using scripture through kids' Bibles all the time and being able to go through and, and talk about these pieces. Another thing that we found um, that really seems to resonate and connect, and I think this is true of all people, but I love seeing it with the impressionability of little kids. Yeah. It's music. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's music, you know, and because she knows and sings not just like, we wish you a Merry Christmas or Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. She knows the words to more like Christmas hymns. You know, our song is about that. Yeah. And, and so that kind of seeds into her brain a little bit more. Um, you know, so we, we balance those things out. We've done chocolate Advent things every morning and then six times during the afternoon. They're asking for the chocolate from the Advent calendar kind of thing. But being able to talk through and really just figure out what's the right rhythm in your home yeah. and then being able to intentionally place those moments through and, and continually, like as with kids and adults, repetition, repetition, repetition kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's cool. It's fun. It's, it is a lot of fun, though. You know, we balance both of them out. We don't do the whole Santa thing, but we acknowledge Santa and yeah. push Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, we It is our tradition at North Point to do the candlelight candle lighting yeah. on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And um, what's, wh- why do we do that? Well, why is that significant? But, and now you're going to say, because Rick says we have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because fireworks yeah. on Christmas Eve didn't go very well. Yeah. That's why. But um, I think to me, uh, what, at least, you know, growing up, I've always done candlelight services everywhere. There's a tradition feel to that, I think, for yeah. a lot of people. Um, to me, it's the light of the world. That the light yep. of the world is coming in, and then that visual of seeing one candle be lit, and then it gets passed to somebody else. And it's, so it's like, hey, we're celebrating on Christmas Eve uh, the light 
that has come into the world. And then you take that light, and not only have you received that, but you're passing that passing on. Along, and when yeah. you stop and look on the darkness that was around in the room, that's illuminated throughout, like there's a powerful gospel message in that. And that's why I love candlelight, and, and I love real candles with it, um, because I love watching little kids drop in wax, number one, um, and the visual effect. We're sorry for our custodian, Joe, for the wax every year that every ends year. up... He's uh, the man. And he's not, at least not to like me, he's not complaining about it. He's a, he's a trooper. We love Joe. Joe's yeah. amazing. But that visual aid that that puts on and to end the night with that, uh, and to walk out and just have that remembrance. You know, I was watch, looking on Facebook today, and I'm starting to see and feel myself all the stuff of like, man, I don't feel that Merry Christmas right now coming into the Christmas, the end closer to Christmas, because yeah. there's so many things to do. Right. So many get-togethers, so many gifts, so many things to wrap, so many displays to go see, you know, all of those kinds of things, which are good, right? They're great things. But Christmas Eve service allows you to pause right? all of that, and just ground yourself and, and being a part of that Christmas Eve service. It's like that moment on into Christmas for me every year is like a, a, a refresher. It's a stabilizer. You know, we've got so many birthdays even in December. It is a chaotic month. Right? Yeah. It is really nuts in our house. But to get to Christmas Eve service and then experience Christmas with my family like that, that 24, 48 hour window in that time period uh, becomes very serene and very grounding, and it blocks out all the rest of the noise. So, so as you're talking, I've got this yeah. image that I'm thinking, man, does this preach or not? It's kind of like the snow globe. So you've got the snow globe that has the manger scene there, yeah. and you shake it up, and it's got all the stuff floating in the air. And Christmas Eve is where the shaking stops, it's and everything awesome. just kind of settle. And at that point, you can really see what matters. Uh, you can you can see where it goes. So, Jenna, have you done candlelight services before? What's funny is this is actually my first Christmas Eve uh, service I've ever been to. Nice, <laughs> oh man. Um, and that's just mainly because my family was like, "Uh, you're coming to grandma." Yeah. And so this is my first ever uh, Christmas Eve service. And and, and that will be good, but it'll be hard because you're not with your family. Yeah, it's. Yeah, that has taken a toll, um, being vulnerable here. Yeah. Um, you know, I am newly graduated from college, single young adult living in Michigan. <laughs> a long way from Missouri. A long, yeah, it's a long way from home. And it is hard being away from family. Yeah. Um, and it is a huge challenge, but um, I would not do this if I did not love Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I Well, I get it. I, I mean, I remember... When um, we grew up, Deb and I both grew up in Dayton. Uh, we went to college in Cincinnati. First church I was at full-time was in Columbus, mm -hmm. 50 miles away. So we were home for everything. And when we moved to Maryland, 550 miles away, and began to do um, holidays and stuff away, mm -hmm. and to figure out what that looked like, that's just hard. Yeah. And I remember very clearly the first Christmas that we spent in Maryland excuse me, um, how difficult that was mm -hmm. for me. Um, we, we, that particular year, we did a Christmas program at the church called Home for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I can remember as I'm conducting the choir, um, tears coming as we're singing Home for Christmas, Home for Christmas, yeah. um, and thinking I'm not going to be home for Christmas. Yeah. And, and it's hard, and yet 
there also is something that's really healthy in that, in that it really does help clarify again what Christmas really is, yeah. um, that as important as family is, mm-hmm. Christmas is not about f- family. family. Mm-hmm. That That's not the core of it. Right. Um, and so it really does help bring some perspective. And, and uh, let me come back to Jake in a second. Sorry, I'm still having trouble. <coughs> and so, eggnog's really going through. Yeah, you. yeah, it's the eggnog. Um, th- so, so that first Christmas that we were in Maryland, it was because our daughter, Gabrielle, had been born at the end of November. And that was a really special Christmas because we're holding this newborn. Um, You know, at that point, she's six weeks old or whatever, and just thinking about the power of God in the form of the baby. Mm -hmm. So Addie came, Addie was born on Christmas Eve. She was born on the 23rd. So we just uh, (coughs) talked about, we'll have talked about, however you want to say it, um, on Christmas Eve service, a little bit about that idea of the baby being born because we got to experience um and like how i've said on christmas eve um, i've made every christmas eve service my entire life except for one and it was the one where we brought Addie home on christmas eve from the hospital um, and how surreal that feeling really was of not just like becoming a dad for the first time and how much this little baby has changed my world and then and like my feelings my emotions the weight of responsibility, all of that, um, holding this little baby girl, this fresh child in my arms, and then waking up on Christmas Day, experiencing it too, and how alive that made Christmas when you think back to the original Christmas, the vintage Christmas story of Jesus. And like, man, this was a world-changing child. Like it didn't just change Mary and Joseph's world. This child changed the entire world. And and like the gravity of that. And, And I remember processing and going through all of that on that first Christmas in my mind. And so every year, you know, I, I, I begin to remember that and think of that as pictures are, are displayed and her and her, like this little stocking we stuffed her in and like all those kinds of things of, of a baby that changed the world. Cause I had a baby that changed my world at Christmas, right? A baby that changed the entire world at Christmas. Like that was just a cool thing to kind of grasp my mind around. So, so did, um, did you and Ashley sleep at all? That night, I don't think we slept for like three days coming in because it's uh, uh, like late night uh, into the labor story there into um, staying up once she was born in the hospital with her and then coming home with her. So it was literally like a 72 hours that I think we only had like five hours of sleep and then it's Christmas Day. Well, that's that's so funny because because like for anybody who's had kids, when you bring them home from the hospital that first night, it's like. Are they still breathing? Oh, okay. are, are they alive? Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. And and to think, Mary and Joseph had to experience that mm-hmm. too in a stable, yeah. you know, in a barn. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else from the sermon Sunday? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You guys haven't even heard it. We kind of touched on a lot of yep. it. So, uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, hopefully, you guys were able to as this podcast has come out. Uh, experienced a piece of that uh, through Christmas time. Um, it's okay to let that kind of meander a little bit more. I yeah. think too beyond Christmas, um, as things are really slow, it feels like in the world between Christmas and New Year, and we make that shift to kind of newness as the New Year comes along and, and Christmas fades a little bit. I think being able to do as Mary did, um, and that's my favorite verse in the entire thing, is Mary pondered up these things. Yeah. You know, as we talked about before. Um, the chaos surrounding Christmas and Mary Ponder. So you got to think to me, that's probably that moment 
where the gravity of the situation begins to hit Mary. You know, having traveled, having tried to find a place to be able to stay, not giving birth next to a cow and sheep and all these other yeah. animals, and then laying my child here, and I'm exhausted, right? And physically, I've got things going on, like all of that. And then people are showing up, and they're worshiping this baby. And I think it's kind of that moment that it, like, clicked into Mary of, like, I mean, this is this is Christ the Lord. Yeah. This isn't just a baby. This isn't just my cat. Like, I think that's when it, like, began to click even for Mary even more of like that moment Mary pondered in her heart when they showed up because she's so ingrained in the moment. You know, if you've been right. around labor, you know it's, yeah. it's all hands on deck. And then for somebody to come in right after and say, we're here to see the Messiah, it's almost like, oh my goodness, yeah, this is the Messiah. Like, right. you know, and how that would have just changed her world then at that moment too. I love that verse. It's one of the most powerful yeah, verses it, in scripture. It, it really, when you unpack that and just think about what her, um, what her pregnancy Mm-hmm. Like, she had to, um, after the angel appeared to her and she says, may it be done to me just as you said, accepting mm-hmm. God's God's decision to choose her to be the, the mom for the Savior of the world. Yeah. That with each day, as the life inside her grew, she had to, I, like I think, she had to just think multiple times, I wasn't dreaming. This is real. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I know where I've been and what I've done and what yeah. I haven't done. Yeah. This is real. And then as it moved forward, I don't know that she ever became comfortable, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was a minute by minute, there's an awareness of the presence of God um, through that time until she gave birth. And then the shepherds come mm-hmm. and it, it just, it. Because that's really her second interaction of a of a supernatural instance in some way she had the angel show up yep joseph had an angel show up right but then you know she has uh with elizabeth her cousin and elizabeth says oh the baby's jumped in my belly so she's seeing other people experience and kind of get on board and there's probably some assurance in that but then to think you've now gone nine months and you haven't heard anything and you know you know right but it's still kind of like this is weird i don't know and to have those shepherds show up and be that reminder of what has just occurred I think that's a big moment for her. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that she thought this is the son of God? I wonder, is this going to look like a baby? It's, it's, it's right. like yeah. a Men in Black kind of moment. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's, what's it's, What's happening here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, does, is he going to have my eyes? Whose yeah. eyes is he going to have? Yeah. What is? You know, that, yeah. how much did did baby Jesus look like Mary? I would assume so. I've never Humanity. thought about the genetic code of Jesus. Yeah, because a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man. I imagine he's coming from the line of David. He's got that facial structure, yeah. features, all of the. You know what I mean? All of yeah. that. You know, if they had a, a shorter thumb in the line of David, maybe Jesus had the shorter yeah. thumb or those kinds of things. Yeah. Whatever it might have been. But then he's got a hundred percent God too. So it's that it's this beautiful matchup that. And then to think, I think in some ways, because um, was it Simeon and. Um, Anna. Yeah, the Simeon and Anna, and they recognize. Yeah, as soon as they walk in at eight days old, Yeah, I can die now. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, and, and to be able to recognize yeah. and see that something that's there, man, just the, all of that as little Jesus is, it's incredible to like yeah. stop and process it and begin to think about all of the, the intricacies involved in that. So, Jenna, any, um, anything that you're looking forward to for your Christmas <laughs> first Christmas Eve service candlelight? Uh. I I think I'm just going to soak it all in. I think um uh, man, I am crying. I don't want to cry. 
Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to soak it all in and really have the reminder that um, I'm going to experience Christmas for the first time in a different way. That's cool. And I'm, I'm just going to soak it all in. Thank you for being a part of this episode, episode 120. Nice. Uh, uh, Jake, you too. Thanks for speaking on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And thank you guys for watching. Like, share. Um, you can share this with the hashtag that says Jenna cries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Chris, Christmas matters. Um, Christmas gets your, in your heart. This is better. Uh, hashtag better than Hallmark. How's better that? Hallmark. There you go. <laughs> I love Hallmark movies, though. I love uh, Hallmark. <laughs> thanks for watching, and have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy your time this week, uh, uh, providing you're watching this after Christmas. Just some downtime with your family. Uh, let the presence of Jesus soak in and be a part of everything you think and do. We'll see you.